everyone. Hello, hello. I'm Tony. And I'm Tally. And, and we, we are the Lazy Book Lovers. This is a podcast for book lovers who procrastinate about reading with never-ending to-be-read piles. Today's episode is all about Hunger Games, because that's having its moment on, it's having a on the platforms. And we're here for it, so yeah. we decided to jump on the trend. Yeah, I've been wanting Instead to Instead of re-read. doing it in three months, like we usually do. <laughs> I've been running to reread, but I will be rereading in about three months. <laughs> <laughs> I might do it as an audio because that could be like mm. a. Mm. Audio is the way to go, you know. And because I've already obviously read them a few times, mm. it could be, could be good in the background. I don't know how many times I've read them? Maybe twice? Maybe twice. Mm. I've not read The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes yet. I Snakes have. And songbirds, songbirds. Maybe that's why I read them twice, so I reread them before reading before Ballad. Reading, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say that. So, <laughs> The Hunger Games by Suzanne Collins. In case you don't know, but you mm. should do because it's The Hunger Games. Mm. <laughs> um, so yeah, shall I just read the the synopses of the first one? Yeah, do it. Um, we're a bit all over the place because it's been a while since we've done like one episode devoted to something. Just one, mm. one author, one series of books. I don't think we've ever done one series on purpose. No. There was the Akatar one, but that was by accident. Because yeah. <laughs> that's all we wanted to talk about. So. so, The Hunger Games. This is the first in the Hunger Games trilogy. Followed by Catching Fire, then Mockingjay. Mockingjay? Mockingbird. Yeah. Mockingjay. Mockingjay. And then, obviously, the prequel. A Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to be a series or not. but uh, No. I don't think so. Just a one-off. It's been coming. It's becoming a film soon, though. Yeah, I think that's why it's having a resurgence mm. because the little bits have been released about it, haven't they? Mm, looks really good. In the ruins of a place once known as North America lies the nation of Panam, a shining capital surrounded by twelve outlying districts. The capital is harsh and cruel and keeps the districts in line by forcing them all to send one boy and one girl between the ages of twelve and eighteen to participate. In the annual Hunger Games, a fight to the death on live TV. Katniss is a 16-year-old girl living with her mother and younger sister in the poorest district of Panem. The remains of what used to be the United States. Long ago, the districts waged war on the capital and were defeated. As part of the surrender terms, each district agreed to send one boy and one girl to appear in an annual televised event called the Hunger Games. The terrain rules and level of audience participation may change but one thing is com- is constant kill or be killed when katniss's sister is chosen by lottery cat steps up to take her place without really meaning to katniss becomes a contender but if she is to win she will have to start making choices that weigh survival against humanity and life against love in that synopsis they changed between katniss and cat but i don't mm. actually think she was I don't None of the remember characters her ever calling her cat. No. No. Should just been Katniss for us. Thingy calls her catnip. Catnip. The content warnings from Storygraph for this are death, violence, child death, alcoholism, death of a parent, grief, and cannibalism. Yes. Because the the films do a good job with the books, but they take out a lot of the horror in them. Yeah, they have to, I think, for Cause it the, was a 12. the 12, yeah. So the books then obviously spawns the films. Mm-hmm. The third book was broken into two, which... 
usually annoys me with films, but I think it works with this one. I think, I think this it was one of the to first to do that. Mm. And then other films like Harry Potter and Twilight decided to do it unnecessarily. And um, the Divergent films, obviously they never made the second half mm. of the last book. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm still bitter about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the first book was published in 2008. Jeez. Yeah. Oh my God. Right? makes me feel a bit old i know i was when i was looking up some articles about it and it was like the 10 year anniversary and i was like 10, 10 years, years already and i was like in 2018 oh my god <laughs> like, oh my god <laughs> i think when did i read these i must have been i think this was when i was at uni i read these um i read them after i watched the first film that was the first time i read them yeah i can't remember if i saw film first and then read the books or the other way around mm. i can't remember I hadn't heard of them before and then I watched the mm. first film and then I picked up the books and I loved them. I thought the films did a really good job. I really like the films. There's there's lots of little, like, apart from the horror element they had to take out to make it a 12, there's lots of nerdy things that, unless you were a book nerd, it doesn't affect the overall plot that much. Mm-hmm. Like, to do with how Katniss gets her pin, the Mockingjay mm. pin. Yeah, yeah. And stuff like that. That gets changed for the film. But I also get why they had to change it for the film. So yeah, and like more of Hamish's backstory that gets missed a lot. I think the costuming is fabulous in the films. Very well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really good. The first book, if you, I'm assuming you know, there is going to be spoilers in this. Mm-hmm. The but first it's been book, out for twenty, not even fifteen years. So yeah. <laughs> the first book is Katniss in the Hunger Games. The second book is like a special anniversary one that is just made up to basically send Katniss back in. Yeah, and it's called the Quarter Quell, which mm. is because it's 75 years since the Hunger Games started. And then there's that that clip that's all over TikTok in a minute of, I can't remember her name, but she's like, the deal was, if I win the Hunger Games, I don't have to go back in yeah. or wherever. Yeah, yeah it was like, the, like, screw you guys. So the Quarter Quell ends up being all f- former contestants mm. where the pool of people for the lottery, basically. And so all these people that were told, like, you've, you've won the Hunger Games, you're safe now. Um, if you're set up for life like, yeah you're fine darling of the capital that kind of thing and then but they're obviously not because the capital just uses it to punish them further yeah to yeah. hold the districts sort of in control that was good english <laughs> <laughs> no i knew you meant <laughs> so when they go back in obviously all the previous victors are like i did this and mm. some of the victors are really old yeah or are feeling the effects of what they've done to cope so you've got like the morphling yeah. So who have got addicted to morphling, which is like morphine, basically. Mm. Yeah, um, and they've got trauma, and mm. some of them are like mentally unstable from the trauma of it mm. all. And or so are they, and then they've all been friends for years because they've all had to go to these events over oh, and over and, and over be again. Braided about, yeah. Like show and then suddenly they're yeah. being asked to kill their friends, yeah, and all this kind of stuff. So yeah, the quarter quell is quite fucked up. Yeah. And then the third book is the uprising of mm. everything. Mm-hmm. Because she kind of re- becomes this reluctant figurehead for the rebellion. Yeah, she uh, she starts in book one. Basically, when she volunteers mm. as tribute, she starts a ball rolling that cannot be stopped. Yeah. And she did not intend for it to happen. No, basically, the end of The Hunger Games, because she's not playing by their rules they start trying to find ways to force her to, to force her to kill, to force her to do things that are going to make her stop being seen as, like, this darling, like, mm. star-crossed lover, blah, blah, blah. And so then in the end, they say, oh, like, if you're the other person from your district survives, you're going to go home together. 
So then that makes her go and help Peter. Um, and then they're like, jokes! Jokes. Because the whole point is if she then viciously kills him, no one's going to see her as this Everyone's going to see her for, like, this... Mm. Like, what they what they want to paint her as. Yeah. yeah. Whereas she chooses not to do that in a way that, like, yeah, shows the capital up, basically. And then she keeps accidentally showing the capital up yeah. from then on. By just kind of being herself <laughs> yeah there's a character in the first book who is a really young contestant in the games who Katniss it kind of reminds Katniss of her little sister which is the whole reason Katniss goes into the games yeah and that character doesn't make it because she's 12 <laughs> and Katniss sees her family because they have to do a tour of all the districts including mm-hmm. also through the districts of people they probably killed in the games mm-hmm. yeah. and she sees this girl's family and she feels like she has to say sorry like, because she liked this character. Yeah. And that actually kicks off a whole, like, rebellion in that whole sector. That whole district, yeah. And she's like, oh, shit, I didn't mean to do that. My bad, guys. Because <laughs> the whole time Presence knows threatening her family. Mm-hmm. Of, like, squash this rebellion you started by accident. Yeah. Or I'm killing your family. And she's like, I'm trying. Yeah, like, I'm just saying hello to people. God. <laughs> okay, so I did a big deep dive into uh, oh my god i just read so much did you have fun yeah i've had to narrow it down to a small amount i've even written a script to keep myself on oh check you out i love Um, it when you do like proper proper research there was so much i wanted to talk about i found so many things interesting Mm. but i was like we will literally be here for years and Mm. i can't do that so i was looking up the well just any information i found interesting Mm. for starters but i specifically wanted to look up where suzanne collins got the ideas for it so i will discuss this but i came across it when the first film came out and i watched the i watched the trailer for the first film and i was like that looks like a shit version of battle royale which i love i love battle royale but then i decided to give it a try and then i loved it yeah read the books etc etc so i was curious about this was when i first discovered hunger games i was curious about whether battle royale had been a influence in it i've always been like curious about where she got all the ideas from so i went and done a big reread i reread some articles that i remember reading the first time round. yeah <laughs> and i've done myself a little script and we're going to talk about go on, it tell me okay oh, I'm so <laughs> It's written all fancy. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just wrote it as if I was writing. I didn't think about writing it as in... Like how I'm you'd speak it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so, all right. It's fun. That's why I had to preface it's a script. <laughs> <laughs> so, released in 2008, The Hunger Games and its sequels, the eventual prequel, took the YA literature sphere by storm. Spawning four well-received films and a fifth one away, at its height, The Hunger Games was accused of being a battle royale rip-off. Also accused by me. <laughs> um, <laughs> a popular Japanese franchise made up of novels, manga, films and games, in which high school students are forced to fight to the death by the Japanese government as punishment for their immoral behaviour. Have you ever seen Battle Royale? No, I haven't. Mm. But you're not the... F- first person to talk to me about this and they have said that i would like it yeah so the original one i think it was 93 or something it came out uh, the original book and then it went from there baby (laughs) and then it went from there um and i really enjoyed the two films i've seen i've only seen one and two i don't i think there might be some spin-offs but 
and I was a huge fan of them, so that's why I was like, Hunger Games. Yeah, what no, really right. yeah. <laughs> However, Suzanne Collins had never heard of Battle Royale until a parallels had started to be drawn. In fact, whilst writing Catching Fire, she asked her editor if she should check out Battle Royale and was told no. <laughs> Basically, her editor was like, <laughs> Don't worry about yeah, that. Her editor was like, We don't want that. To influence you at any point mm. because you've already built your own world and yeah because it's waxed them to up to this yeah. point the spark that eventually formed into the hunger games actually came when suzanne was channel surfing one night which so really this is took the version down, i've heard mm, which really took me down a rabbit hole because that it's based off um, reality free, tv yeah flicking through tv channels what a what a blast from the past yeah <laughs> <laughs> as someone who doesn't have tv now yeah this is the version i've heard mm. flicking between channels she saw images of a reality tv show mixed with footage of the iraq war and the idea took root suzanne has always wanted to write about just war theory for young audiences her previous series the underland chronicles which i didn't know she had a series i've got it um saved in my wi- amazon yeah. wish list the middle grade bought. series yeah. examine the idea of an unjust war developing into a just war because of greed xenophobia and long-standing hatreds with her new series she wanted to approach it from a different angle Mm. so from that i had to look up what the just war theory was yeah because Mm. so in her words from a new york times interview just war theory has evolved over thousands of years in an attempt to define what circumstances give you the moral right to wage war and what is acceptable behaviour within that war and its aftermath, the why and the how. It Mm. helps differentiate between what's considered a necessary and an unnecessary war. And that theory um, is something that she's always been interested in and she wanted to, she's always wanted to write fiction to help younger people sort of form their own ideas. I can see that because in I'm, it's probably going to be spoiler-ish me saying this mm-hmm. but I'm going to walk the line of not telling you specifics mm-hmm. in the third book when President Snow is being held accountable for his actions mm-hmm. after the uprising has kind of done its thing and they're discussing mm-hmm. what the consequences for the people of the capital should be mm-hmm. and they're basically at that point discussing another version of the Hunger Games for the capital's kids mm-hmm. and Katniss has just sat there like no, this is what I've just given everything to stop. To stop, yeah. And she, she's just like, and then, but people are so hurt mm-hmm. that the vote actually goes in favour. Yeah. And and, and um, she's forced to make some quite drastic decisions. What's the one, is it, Who who's the um, leader of the rebellion? What's her name? Yeah, I know, I can't remember but her there name. But there, there comes a point when you realise that she's it's just, just going to be the same. Mm. She's just going to... Stepping the role, again. yeah. Katniss is asked to execute Snow in like a very symbolic, the mocking, mocking Jay taking mm. out Snow. And at that point, Katniss makes a decision of like, no, we're not doing this. We're, I'm going to break no, the cycle, even if just, it kills me. Yeah, then it's just, yeah, it's just the cycle. And... So I can see that written in there because mm. there's lots of the rebels' actions pitted against like the morally reprehensible things the capital's doing mm-hmm. and the points where the rebels start to cross the line and that where Katniss is fighting against the leader of the rebels as well as the capital. Yeah. Yeah, and exactly. A lot of where they want her to just be this symbolic figurehead 
but she's like, no, I don't want to be a figurehead for this. No. Like, don't make me be this person. She never wanted to be a figurehead at any point. Yeah. And it just gets worse. Like, when they're trying to film, when they call them the propos, the propaganda. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah videos of her of the Mockingjay going out and saving people and it's all they're doing it in a studio she's covered in makeup and she's it's all like, very she false. just can't act it she just no. can't do it can she and then Hamish is just like that is how you lose a war yeah and she she's like fuck you Hamish <laughs> and then what they do is they take her out and film her doing Katniss things like the reason just people fell in love her. with her yeah. yeah yeah what I love about Katniss is at no point does she understand why people rally towards no. her or like her or even yeah even like well, her she's just she's she's like I'm not likeable I'm not yeah. approachable I'm not nuts that's literally her problem in the first film Hamish hey, is like no one likes you yeah it's like it's Peter that makes her desirable likeable mm-hmm. it's Peter that turns her into the capital's darling yeah not her no nothing she does it's all because of Peter yeah exactly so I can see that like where she's written that I thought it, I mean it's just really clever Mm-hmm. And this idea of everyone would watch this reality TV show where people are getting butchered to death and they yeah. do bets on it like and they have their favourites. I, I don't feel like that's too far outside of... That's not far enough outside of reality. No, like The me. Running Man. That was... Is that a Stephen King book? It's a film with Arnold Schwarzenegger in it and that's a fight to the death in mm. different arenas and stuff and people watch it on TV. Well, that has happened in history as well, like, mm. like the Roman Colosseums. Which was another influence, mm-hmm. so... Additionally, Suzanne has always been a big mythology fan and the connection with the Theseus and the Minotaur myth quickly became apparent and was something she wanted to explore further. In the story, King Minos of Crete punishes Athens for the death of her son by demanding a sacrifice of 14 youths, 7 girls and 7 boys, to be brought to the Minotaur. Theseus volunteers as tribute and slays the beast. Mm. So, Mm. in different reincarnations of that story because obviously all mythology has different versions of the story Mm. there's uh versions where they are in arenas instead of i think there's there's other words where it's like a labyrinth yeah a labyrinth was the other one and she likes the idea of the arena and she also was a huge fan of gladiator films Mm -hmm. like spartacus and Mm. stuff so it all just accumulated into the hunger games to help explore the just war theory further gail and peter were introduced not to create a team insert boy situation Mm. but to represent the two viewpoints of the theory gail because of his experiences and temperament tends towards violent remedies as we're discussing Mm. with the thing and Peter's natural inclination is towards diplomacy. Katniss isn't deciding on a partner throughout the series. She's figuring out her world view. Mm-hmm. It's not a bloody love triangle. No, can't uh, be a no triangle point. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> At no point is she like, oh, I like Gail. She's just like, oh, well, me and Gail did all these things to survive together. Yeah. Everyone just assumed we would end up married one day. And I probably would have had to they, marry him. They would have if yeah. the games hadn't happened. Yeah. So yeah, I thought that was really cool that they, because they are so opposing in their mm. their ideological views of what the how the capital should be dealt with and stuff. Well, especially with what happens in the end mm-hmm. with the bomb, yeah, which is what pushes her one way or the other. Yeah, I think that's what culminates in her decision at the end of like, no, we're not doing this again. Yeah, and it's exactly. what Gail chooses to Gail and the rebels choose to do to finally because it ends the war. Mm-hmm. But she was like, at what cost? Because obviously it cost her a lot. Yeah. 
without spoilers. It costs her everything. Uh, well, we did say we'd probably have spoilers. Yeah, so. yeah. We, we, it basically costs her everything. Yeah, everything she fought for, the reason she went into the games, it costs her everything. My favorite bit about how that's written is the first time I read it, I had to go back because mm. I was like, "Wait, did that just?" Well, because you don't realize like... until President Snow points it out to yeah. Katniss, and it's how I imagine a war would be. You don't mm. really realize what's happening. Well, because she's just... she's on the ground when the bomb hits. Yeah, she doesn't realize until later, where President Snow's like, "Why would we bomb our own children?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it turned the tide against us, but why would we bomb our own children? No. When all this time they have been protecting their children. Yeah, the whole point of this was. Yeah. Well, the capital's children were protected. Yeah. It's everyone else's children, all the districts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very, it's very clever. It's like a very nuanced book for something that mm. is YA. Yeah, and I think the last time I read it was, I don't know, maybe like eight years ago or something mm. so I would quite like to reread it now as a mum as well I wonder if it will hit through, me yeah through adult eyes I think mm. it just in general it would be quite different yeah very interesting they were like the bits I picked out that mm. I could have gone into so much more but yeah <laughs> yeah no that's the version that I've heard it was kind of reality TV games were kind of the inspiration mm-hmm. and Suzanne Collins dad fought in the Vietnam War I can't remember if she lost him but that was the mm. inspiration for Katniss not having a dad around mm. because she didn't have her dad when she was younger and mm. she knew that it was due to something that was out of out of even his hands well, just it was like, decisions made by other people kind of well, it's just men and the mines die early it's just an accepted fact mm. Yeah, and that all men go to the mines when they turn 16 and you just the men die yeah that's just it it's kind of like this harsh reality of the world it's not safe because no one cares they're expendable i think as you said it's not that far from what i could imagine america in particular going into at mm-hmm. some point i'm not saying they're gonna start doing that but they are very comfortable with their children dying and not doing anything about it yeah, I mean, it's not a surprise that most dystopian stories are set in an American setting. Because I no. feel like it's the most believable. Yeah, The Handmaid's Tale as yes, well. Yes, basically being acted out in mm. real life. Anyway. <laughs> Have you seen Tangent? The Gen Alpha mm-hmm. and Gen Z kids storming the Tennessee Capitol. Mm. I'm like, oh, these kids are just getting it. It's making up for where millennials went wrong. I'm just, like, so impressed by these kids. Yeah, well, I think, obviously, millennial was a very large... The youngest millennial was 26. Yeah. And the oldest is, like, 40. 43, I think. And they, obviously, have nothing in common with Mm. each other. But I think millennials, we were very much... We're um, in that transition period. And we were going through what at the time was told to us would be a once-in-a-lifetime thing of, like... Mm. Um, recessions. Recessions. Huge terrorists. We, we were going through all this that we were just like... I think millennials have basically been in a state of trying to survive their whole lives. Mm. And I think that the generations below us are aware that they will have nothing to survive. They Even if they survive, there's nothing for yeah. them. Whereas we were kind of told, like, you can have the world, but now 
Gen Z have grown up knowing like that's bullshit. There's Whereas no we were, world. You can you can be that. anything you want. You yeah. can have all these things. You can live this beautiful life. We've gotten older. And it's like oh no, we're all working dead end middle management jobs because the people above us until we all die, got fired. We won't we won't retire. We're gonna mm. work until we die. For people who need our help to turn on a computer and get paid thousands more than us mm. and own homes and blah 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 and look down at us because we can't afford to do those things because I'll even buy... though they're the ones hoarding the wealth because i buy a coffee every morning they're like well that's the reason you can't own so your i've own actually home. had that said yeah. to me yeah. yeah you'd be able to pay off your car quicker if you didn't buy a coffee all the time and like... when did that become a luxury buying your morning coffee when did that become considered a luxury yeah, yeah. Like, I'm sorry, I should be able to have coffee every morning without being the considered the reason that I can't own a home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. That's just Gen Z and Gen Alpha are just kind of very impressive, guys. If we have younger listeners, fragile, very impressive. <laughs> Not just signing petitions. <laughs> we're turning up, we're protesting. The thing is, though, that especially in America, for some reason, the, the laws people that being who passed, have they these... don't represent the young people. And for some reason, the people who make these laws don't care. Like, they're forcing. This is an American rant, I'm just going to go into it. Yeah, sorry. Guys. They're forcing people to have children to replace the workforce, but they don't care that the workforce that has already been born Struggle. are being killed. Yeah. Where's. Make it make sense. And the whole point of the constitution is that they can be amended mm. it's the whole point was like government was like the whole reason you have the the whole reason behind oh we need to have the right to bear arms is just in case basically just in case of the government you could rise up against the government if you had to yes yeah, so, so these kids are doing what they should be allowed but, to do but <laughs> but, but it's because that's because the government's not supposed to have absolute control and at the moment it's being absolute and when that was written, the weaponry was not as it is mm. now. I'm sure they would never have envisioned a, a world where someone can buy a assault rifle and go and shoot people in the streets or whatever. You're not even allowed to use them to hunt with because mm. it's disgusting to use on animals. No, it's also um, they don't leave much of a body behind. Exactly. <laughs> so, but, for hunting purposes. So why are people allowed to hurt? Yeah, I don't know. And what? And like the school, the school in the most recent one, the teachers were armed. There was security gates. Doors were locked. Like everything. I love everything. That the answer they... is just give more weapons. Well, the teachers armed were armed. Teachers, but. You know, there's a state that's trying to pass open carry laws for children. And honestly, America. We're, we're, I mean, we're very. Both of us are very for, probably would say we're left leaning mm. in politics. So, and we're British, and we have a very different relationship to guns. I am trying to preface this. But you're passionately taking books out of schools because they have gay mm. characters, and shutting down drag shows which are not sexual at all because they harm children, but. But things that are actually harming children, you're okay it's with It's the leading it. cause of death of people under a certain age in America. I mean, I know no politicians are listening mm. to this, so... I'm assuming we already have a fairly left-leaning audience anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just... Um, so Hunger Games feels real. It's yeah. It's where we're going with this. Yeah, it's just, it feels like all these dystopian books... Sometimes it feels like we're just a step away from them. I feel like there's a reason why there's a resurgence in dystopian in a minute. Like, mm-hmm. I really feel like YA dystopian mm. is having a big resurgence. I've 
picked up a few new, recent releases that are YA dystopian. Well, like, I read a thing one time that was like, if you want to see about what issues are going to come up in the future, go back to dystopian mm. novels written like a few years before it. Mm. It's like 1984, George Orwell, like the whole thing of like the camera state. We do live in that world now. Yeah. yeah. Not necessarily in a negative way. It's not like the controlling arts or some shit, but <laughs> you know, with that kind of surveillance state, with the laws they're trying to pass to get you access to your personal devices, and like, oh. Um, but it's always like it's always like almost like a Black Mirror. Yeah, I mean, the reason Black Mirror is so scary is because oh, all of those, very I'm like that could happen. Yeah, which is what he wrote it for mm. to be so I'm doing a it's not Hunger Games but I'm doing a read along at the moment with a book called Finding Folkshore and it's by Rachel Fatterotti mm. I'm going to read you the synopsis for it, I'm on day five of a six day read along mm. so I've got not much left Fola Udawoli is your average teen with a head for numbers, an eye for the camera, and a heart breaking over her brother Deji's cancer treatment. The last thing she needs is more on her plate, but when she's transported into Folkshore, a hidden part of London, she finds her plate runneth over. Trapped in this fairy tale land, Fola uncovers the local assembly's deceptive regeneration plans. Torn between escaping and joining the resistance, she must make a crucial choice. If she fails, the community she's come to love could be destroyed forever. So this came out on the 6th of this month. Yeah. And it is about gentrification in London. Mm. The It's set in like a fantasy fantasy world. Mm, like a parallel fantasy London. And some of the residents are animals. Anthropomorphic okay. animals. I always struggle with that word. And the police are literally pigs. And one, it's a bit animal farmy. Yeah, yeah. And one of the issues is very high police violence and it's like all of this is it's just representative Mm. of our current world Mm. and that's just come out like literally released this month well like what the town where i live all these new houses that are going up all this gentrifying they're doing like what they've done in the town center that is not for people from here no those houses cannot be are not affordable for people from here those flats in the the studio flat Mm -hmm. one of them was going for 1300 which is what my boyfriend pays to live in central London. Yeah. I hate to think how much those luxury flats are going to be where the aerial building. Mm. Because they're going to be aimed at commuters and people. Well, not even commuters actually anymore. It's going to be aimed at developers, mm. people who are going to buy, or people that are going to buy up all the flats and then rent them out for ridiculous costs. Mm. Those new estates being built where there was farmland mm. and greenery. Not anymore. No. <laughs> yeah. We're living in dystopian times. Yeah, that's, that's where we're <laughs> getting well, I think I promise why Hunger Games is having its moment again yeah. as well. Yeah. Mm. I mean, in particular in America, where Hunger Games is based, their government literally do allow their children mm. to be killed. Mm-hmm. It may not be a reality show, but yep. they're certainly not doing anything to stop it. Yeah, that's that that's that whole tangent. <laughs> Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. I haven't read this. Uh-huh. Um, I've avoided spoilers mostly 
I think um, I can tell you about it without spoiling it. Yeah. Okay, let me read the summary on Storygraph, and then I'll sort of tell you where there's the cool tie-ins to the original series yeah. that I don't think spoil any. So, ambition will fuel him, competition will drive him, but power has its price. It is the morning of the reaping that will kick off the 10th annual Hunger Games. In the capital, 18-year-old Coraline... Oh, it's Snow's first name. Coralinus? Coralinus? Oh, yeah. Cor- Coralinus? I'm going to go with Coralinus Snow. Because <laughs> it says anus. is preparing for his one shot at glory as a mentor in the hunger games the once mighty house of snow is falling on hard times its fate hanging on the slender chance that coralinus will be able to out charm outwit and outmaneuver his fellow students to mentor the winning tribute the odds are against him he's been given the humiliating assignment of mentoring the female tribute from district 12 the lowest of the low their fates are now completely intertwined every choice coralinus makes could lead to the favour or failure, triumph or ruin inside the arena. It will be a fight to the death. Outside the arena, Coriolanus starts to feel for his doomed tribute and must weigh his need to follow the rules against his desire to survive no matter what it takes. I didn't know. I mean, I didn't know anything about this book. I just know it was about Mm. him. I didn't know he was a mentor. So, in the early Hunger Games, it wasn't former tributes Mm. who become mentors. It was students in the Capitals Academies. Okay. And it's almost part of their examinations, in his anyway. Mm. It's a way of earning prestige. Okay. Which it is for the tributes who end up being mentors in the Hunger Games, as we know it. Yeah. I guess, to begin with, they wouldn't have had winners Enough from each district, but, but the games as we know them, you kind of discover over time was engineered by Snow, and you see him as a young guy seeing the flaws in the Hunger Games tribute system as it was then mm-hmm. and saying, like, this is going to cause another rebellion. Because you know in the Hunger Games where he's like, a little bit of hope is a lot, too much hope is dangerous. Mm-hmm. This is him figuring that out. Okay. As an 18-year-old. So obviously yeah, not in a position of power at this point. The Hunger Games as they are then are not good television. Then people in the capital feel disgusted and don't want to watch them. It's not proven the point it's supposed to prove. Uh, they've not got, like, the pageantry. No. Right. It is essentially... They, they are taken on these trains where they are put in cages like animals, the kids. So they arrive skinny, undernourished, already sort of feral by the time they even get here. Mm. They've all been cramped together in cages, so they've already hurt each other by the time they've arrived. Already, yeah. yeah. Most of the girls have arrived having been raped and things like that. It's implied. It's not said. And then they're literally kept in cages until they're put into the games. And then the games are just a brutal match in an arena to the death. And I guess there's, you, that's not fun to watch. No. They are locked in this arena. It's one arena that stays the same. Like, the obstacles change. Like, the landscape inside the arena gets changed. Mm. But it is just one arena that's set in the capital. And people are kind of forced to go sit there and watch. Okay, yeah. And this is the year they choose to get the students involved. And... get their ideas about the games and it's snow that starts suggesting that we make this a little bit more fun Mm. so the betting is his idea to begin with the betting on different tributes that didn't start because everyone's like it's a bit macabre betting on children slaughtering each other Mm. the tributes being able to win favor so tributes being able to like win things that help them in the games that's his idea 
and that starts it, it already in this game as a student where they're like pol taking a poll from students ideas as a school project as some of these things are his idea and he catches notice of the person in charge these ideas are really good they're gonna help us keep being an empire and you so you see that stuff but then at the same time he sort of becomes friends with his tribute and it really humanizes her and he doesn't want her to die in the end so it's that kind of you see that develop and then after those games end, he goes to district 12 he gets stationed at district 12 with the army there mm -hmm. because again he's kind of broken the capital's rules by the way he's done this even though he's sort of caught the notice of someone high up yeah but he gets stationed in district 12 with this girl who survives and she's very anti-capital Yes. it's from she's from like what's implied as like a band of gypsies that got trapped in district 12 when the districts were divided and their people are all about music and song and dance and the capital doesn't let them do it because district 12 so out of the way and things aren't as strict back then they aren't as controlled so they're able to have dance halls where the soldiers go to watch and she does dances so like a lot of the songs katniss sings this girl sings okay she yeah. invents them or they're from her tribe of gypsy people so like the are you are you coming to the tree she makes that up and sings it in the book the song she sings rue mm. also by this girl so these are all songs of like that inspired snow and make him start to think like oh maybe the way we're doing things is wrong and it kind of is not is not trying to give him a redemption arc that's why i was so no. iffy about the book it shows how he almost gets indoctrinated into following the capital's way of doing things and helping make the games what they are as we know them in hunger games mm -hmm. and it's all because like he gets kind of betrayed at one point and then he makes some choices that are like if he'd gone one way he didn't need to go down the path he did but he makes a choice to go the other way mm. and it's also showing how this one person is kind of responsible for a lot of the world as we know it in katniss's day like the way District 12 is obviously ran mm -hmm. and like the way that all the districts are run, he's behind a lot of that. And a lot of the way they're given like, you know, they're given like little stipends and little bits of hope and yeah. they can bet on the games, like the districts can bet on the games and it's mandatory viewing. Like basically the TVs didn't work in District 12. Yeah. So he was like, you do know you've got this punishment where you're slaughtering kids, but once those kids get taken, these guys don't see that. Yeah, like this just... So they're not seeing the punishment. Nice. so he's the one that gets the tvs installed in every home yeah so they can see the games it's very it's very clever and it doesn't give him a redemption arc because he's not redeemed by it because you see how he ends up being snow okay, as you yeah. know him yeah you see almost his decline into evil because mm. in the beginning mm. he's just like because the capital suffered in the rebellion just as much as the capital as the districts did mm -hmm. So the capital, like most of them, starved. A lot of them turned to cannibalism. His family lose all their wealth. So you see him as just a young, scared, poor, hungry, like 18-year-old who then kind of decides, rather than fix the system, he's going to fix it to help the capital, help his people, and help perpetuate. Yeah, it's really, really well done. Okay. There's probably more of this just war theory. <laughs> Stuff. probably yeah because it's almost it's almost showing how he gets kind of indoctrinated mm. into making it what it is making it the pageant making people not so disgusted by watching children die because everyone no one in the capital wants to watch it everyone's like really kind of like that's gross and anyone who enjoys the games everyone's a bit like oh 
something wrong with that person yeah 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 i mean when i first heard about it it sounds like a bit of a cash grab but actually she doesn't bring out books for cash grabs so she Mm. must have had a story to tell I think for her to do it. All the tie-ins into the Hunger Games because the Mocking Jays are—he hates them in in this book mm. because the girl ends up using the Mocking Jays in the in this his origin story. The Mocking Jays are a part of that, which well, he he doesn't even. No one knows that because mm. this is all this is his personal story that never gets. Never one never knows. Yeah, no one. Because the people like involved in it don't survive. So he then goes on to this position of power in the capital and no one knows this back story of him, how he came to be here. Mm. And this girl in District 12 who he kind of was like humanised. And a lot of, yeah, it's a lot of her songs that live on through Katniss. Mm. And it's the Mockingjays. The Mockingjays get used to take the piss out of him when he's just a soldier in District 12 and to like embarrass him. Uh, so like, without meaning to, Katniss ended up being the... Like, the combination of everything that he hates. Because it's implied that the bit of the village where the gypsy people settle, it's implied that they are her ancestors. Okay. Like, it's heavily implied. And all the songs that Katniss's dad taught her, that's not 75 years. So if this is 10 years in, and then Hunger Games of the 74th is when... Katniss is that's 64 years so that would have been her dad's dad yeah was that generation and I think it is I think in the Hunger Games or I think yeah it must have been the first book you find out that her dad enjoys music and dancing and stuff don't Mm, you and taught it all to Katniss so before her dad died Katniss used to love to sing yeah and knew all these songs that were like district songs because of him and then she sings that song you know when she sings to um, Rue yeah um, the one about lay me down like lay down in the willows the yeah, one, yeah, the one yeah. in the grass that really sad one which ends up causing outrage in the capital one of my plants just moved yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was like hello here sun the sun has moved yeah so without meaning to she does a lot she's like it's implied that she's related to this girl mm. that he okay. knew and yeah it's really it's really you can it doesn't feel like it's shoehorned in this feel like there's all these tidbits in the in the main trilogy which were already there which are either very cleverly drawn back in or were put there because she always had this prequel in mind I don't know I thought it was very good mm. I really liked it yeah okay you've kind of I mean obviously I will get round to it but you've bumped it up a bit I think I might mm. want to read it before I see the film mm. I think you should read it before you see the film do you think I should read it before I reread The Hunger Games or shall I read The Hunger Games and then that? Read The Hunger Games and then read it. Yeah. Because there's the, the, you'll see so They're many not things. Up better. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think because you're not going to remember all these little things. Yeah, yeah. Like, even I can't remember like the stuff to do with the Mockingjays and yeah. I've been really enjoying all of the little uh, Hunger Games videos people The clips that TikTok people are putting in. Yeah. yeah. I've been really enjoying that. Um, and like the green screen ones of people being like me in the Hunger Games and just laying down and waiting to die and stuff. <laughs> there was one set of um, victors and that's how they won. Mm. They disguised themselves and hid As... <laughs> until everyone died. Just like, I mean, yeah. Um, 
No, mm. I think I want to reread the books, obviously, and then I want to re-watch the films and just really... Yeah, every now and again I'll I'm ready to get films. back into the world, I think. Mm. Yeah, I really loved these books when I first read them. Mm. Yeah. Did mm. they come out at, like, the same sort of time as Twilight? In my head, that's, like, the same sort of time frame into both of them. It was in this whole era of Twilight, Divergent, Hunger Games. Yeah. Like, all oh, of this. Oh, it was all the fake Hunger love Games... triangle stuff. Yeah, Hunger Games is the reason Divergent tanked. Oh, yeah. Because they did such a good so job good. Yeah. with the dystopian fiction stuff. Mm. Yeah. With the films, I thought it was very interesting how it mostly got whittled down to just like a love triangle that isn't mm. actually there. Which is what the Capitol did, and it yeah. very much sh- the media self <laughs> fulfilling its own prophecy. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. It had Hunger Games makeup palettes, Hunger Games subway sandwich, Hunger mm. Games, all of this that were all just. I don't think it was done to pur- purposely Be make like you the more aware. Of no, the I think it was just. Good marketing. <laughs> the marketing just yeah. proving the the book's point. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if, if the books had come out now, would mm. would the similar things have happened with the marketing? I think people were over the whole love triangle thing. Like uh, I don't feel like I see that a lot I think in people were over it from the mm. moment it started. Like from Twilight onwards. Yeah. Especially because it's not a triangle. <laughs> the corner it's only a triangle if they're all getting it on (laughs) (laughs) it's an arrow (laughs) it's just one girl there's not a triangle when people say about vampire diaries love triangle Mm. I'm like come here love triangle two of them are brothers Uh, it's not a Cassandra Clare novel god (laughs) I would have loved to have seen what the marketing would have been like now Gen Z and things like oh, TikTok imagine it and came stuff. out on TikTok, like yeah. it came out on TikTok. I think they would have done some really clever stuff with the pageantry, marketing-wise. Yeah, like with the capital and stuff. Because mm. you remember I said someone said about Paris Fashion Week, and they were like, "This is literally oh. like being in the capital in Hunger Games." Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "It fucking is." Yeah, and like all of the, I can't remember which, which designer it is in particular. But they keep putting their models in wrong shoes and they keep mm. falling over as they're walking down and that gives me capital vibes. Yeah. Okay, I think that was just... I think that was all we had to say on it, really. Yeah. Just a little what we like about it and here's some thoughts. <laughs> well, we've managed like quite a... We're actually done to time. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, so we had apparently a lot to say. Yeah, considering I didn't think I'd have much to say beyond my little script. Apologies yeah. for the, the depressing dystopian chat right in the middle there. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, hashtag vibe. vibe. <laughs> it's just a vibe. It's just a vibe. <laughs> uh, we'll have to do, I'm trying to think, we'll have to do like a series of Ooh. dystopian... We'll do this. This is episode one of Dystopian Chat, and we'll come back for another series in the future when I'm yeah. with both. You're like staring one. at my books. Yeah, I'm shut I have so many of them. The Divergent stuff. Mm. Or... The one hundred, which I've never read. Oh yeah. We will um, come back and do another one at some point. This will be an ongoing series as and when. <laughs> <laughs> We've said that before. With yeah. Certain things. Yeah. We so never do it again, as, and when. as and when. <laughs> I didn't we say how like soon it. it would be. <laughs> Um, but there you go on topic on trend yeah thank you for joining us please like follow subscribe on our instagram tiktok 
Facebook and LinkedIn if you use them. Come say hi after you've followed us. We mm. like that. We like it when people say hi to us. <laughs> you can find loads of details about us on our website, which is lazybookloverspodcast.wordpress.com. You can also send us some requests for episodes or if you're an indie author or just a fan of indie authors send us some mm. books we should have on our radar and we can mention them in a future episode please 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 rate us and download our episodes especially if you can download it in the first week of it coming out that really helps us in the algorithm and helps our what's the word i'm looking for helps our reach reach yes engagement mm. thank you well, we would love that yeah. <laughs> help us out get our guests out there to find other book nerds yeah basically. yeah we want this is just bookish chat but you guys can't talk back yeah <laughs> yeah that's why we want to hear from you in the comments on yeah. other places yeah come talk to us on instagram and stuff thank you we will see you next week for another episode of something to do with books probably but we haven't planned that yet no <laughs> okay, <laughs> Oh, 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 oh. <laughs>